0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is still Matt Hudson from what I watched tonight, and joining me from across the pond is the statesman to my kingsman. It's from Burke Reviews. It's John Burke. But first, my friend, I've got two questions for you. Firstly, how are you? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? And secondly, who the hell is that other guy next to you?
1: Uh, Next to me, uh, that's a uh, strong phrase, but I am (laughs) keeping Florida as safe as it is possible i think right now but um joining us is a, a name I, I don't know if you know this folks but there was this movie from the early 90s where if you said uh, a character name too many times they would manifest it was actually used a few times beetlejuice <laughs> candyman uh we have said the name big tuna on this show a lot and finally he's manifested and he's joining us on the banff this is uh sean B- bowman and commonly referred to as big tuna welcome
2: to the show big tuna hello thank you for having me
0: Always and- a pleasure to talk to Big Tuna.
2: Yes. The expert on all things box office and movies <laughs> oh. and encyclopedic knowledge. Which Sean is alluding to uh
1: this week's a, a special episode. We are gonna do our normal review format, but uh yeah. right after we do that, instead of getting into the headlines of the week, we're gonna be talking about the summer movies and A game that we're borrowing, uh, participating from another podcast that I'm going to give full credit to. So no worries to that show. Uh, We did very little. We just decided to have a little small competition right here on the show. Uh, But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Matt, what are we here to do
0: this week? We're here to talk about films as per JB. Uh, For those who are new to the show each week on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we take the biggest or most interesting, or in some cases only, uh, movie release of the week, whether that's theatrical or streaming, and we give a non-spoiler review, our thoughts and opinions on it. So this week, we are reviewing The Northman, the new film directed by Robert Eggers, his third feature film. Uh, He also wrote this alongside Shurn. And it stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Clive Bang, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor-Joy, Gustav Lint, Elliot Rose, Willem Dafoe and Bjork. Uh, again, we don't give spoilers, but we do read the synopsis. And that says from visionary director Robert Eggers comes the Northman, an action filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. Critically, how's it doing? on Rotten Tomatoes and a very, very decent 83 Metascore. With the fans and the users, 7.9 IMDb and 4.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is fantastic. And this can currently only be seen in theatres around the world, exclusively in theatres. So uh, it seems to be doing quite well critically. And with the fans, the Northmen, a bit of background, I thought The Witch was very, very good i'm I'm english so i could understand what they're on about a lot of the time <laughs> uh, the the lighthouse i did enjoy that as well so for me robert eggers is two for two um i am the anti robert eggers in the sense that i actually prefer the witch over the lighthouse the director came out recently and said he prefers the lighthouse over the witch but hey you know you, 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 it, it's paper thin they're both great films uh the northman could he make it three three four three uh for me yes Yes, he did. The Northman is big, it's brash, it's brutal, it's violence. It's also very, very good. A few issues notwithstanding, uh, which I'll mention now, I think for some parts of the film there are some pacing issues. There are some moments which, whilst look beautiful um, visually, they sound beautiful with the score, some moments do possibly drag along a little bit too much for my liking and, it, and some of the pacing does go a bit awry. But... To be honest, guys, for me, there isn't an awful lot else I didn't like about this film. Now, I'm not going to try and place it anywhere above The Witch or The Lighthouse yet because I think I need to watch this film more than once. However, seeing it in the cinema, which is the best way to watch a film like this or any film, it was an experience. Like The sound design was great. The costume design in this is very, very good as well. The performances are good. the The, the depth that they go into... Uh, the Norse mythology and how they weave that into uh, the inspiration for the story behind Hamlet, which I know one of you guys is going to mention shortly as well, is very well done. And it all leads to a. Uh, again, I'm not going to talk about the ending, but I will say, again, it's a visually spectacular and it's a. I say kind of semi tragic ending. I mean, it's kind of foretold what's going to happen, but it's a very, very good looking ending for the film. And along the way, you've got some pretty good twists and turns as well. But I think this film, guys, was really very good. It's one of the better films I've seen all year. And at the cinema, it was exhilarating. And I'm going to use the other word. It was an experience. I felt enthralled watching it. I didn't feel bored whatsoever. A few moments here as Cyber, I did think, yeah, they could have maybe edited, to trim that down a little bit. I thought this was really very good tuna. I have no idea what you think about it. I think I know what John thinks about this film. I have no idea what you think about this film. What were your thoughts, man? Yeah. So I would say I
2: liked it as a whole. Um, I think it's middle of the pack for Eggers. I would say I like it less than the witch. I like it more than the lighthouse. Um, I'm with you. I think the witch is the better movie. Um, actually, just brief aside, the first time I saw The Lighthouse, I really hated it. Um, but it was because I had a bad experience watching it. The projector was burnout, out, so I saw it in blue. Um, and then the second time I saw it, I liked it more. Um, but I still do think I like The Northman better. I think that this is a less messy film. I think it's a very tight, uh, tightly wound film. Like It knows exactly what it's here to do. It does it. It feels very precise, um, which is not a something that you can say about a lot of films, um, especially the films that are the, the filmmakers' first foray into build budget filmmaking, um, okay. because this is like a $90 million film that is a $90 million Viking epic. Um, like you said, it is the story that inspired Hamlet, but there's no reason that that type of movie should be made for $90 million these days. Like That's not the type of movie that makes $90 million at the box office. Yes. Um, so I think it's kind of crazy that focus features and all of the financing companies put that much money behind it. And I mean, the budget obviously ballooned a lot because of COVID. Um, it wasn't initially going to be that much. I think it was initially going to be like more than 60 million, but even 60 million is a lot for this movie and for what it is. Did I like it? Yes. I liked it a lot. Um, there are a lot of great dialogue moments that are just fantastic but um, I think the cast all around is phenomenal. Yeah, My favorite person in the cast was Clays Bang, um, who is a seriously underrated actor. Um, I discovered him in Ruben Ostlin's The Square a few years back that I think is a phenomenal film that a lot of people have slept on. But uh, and I, ever since then, I've been a huge fan of his watching everything he's put out from The North Man to like all of the B movies he puts out. And he's consistently fantastic. And I think that this is one of his best performances yet, um, apart from The Square. Because I think he just, it is a villainous performance, but he brings a lot of nuance to it in a way that you wouldn't expect that makes the film so much more complex in a moral Mm -hmm. sense. Um, And then obviously, like you were talking about, the visuals are gorgeous to look at and also horrifying to look at at the same time. I thought it was really interesting how Eggers, you know, is primarily known as a horror filmmaker. This is more of an action film, but you can still see like the horror influences here. And I think that that goes a long way in making it more interesting.
0: Yes, I I think this is possibly, I could be wrong, but I think this may be his most, and I use this term in the loosest possible sense, his most mainstream film, not just because of the budget, but... It's, I think people could probably possibly get into this slightly more than certainly like the lighthouse, but no,
2: uh, I 100% yeah. agree with that. As that's oh,
0: in that case, pat on the back for me then. But yeah, the cast is great. Nicole Kidman, I think is fabulous. And uh, Ralph Arnison is in this film for all the Edgar stands. But uh, John, what are you thinking about this film? Are we going to make it three for three in our opinion?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I saw it uh, at a, a critic screening a couple of weeks ago, decided I needed to see it again. Before uh, talking about it, because I wanted to be fresh, and my love of it only went up watching it a second time. Um, I I think the cast is phenomenal. I think the film looks great. Um, Eggers has even said like this was his goal with this film was to make a more traditional movie, not a four quadrant film, of course, uh, but one that's going to be a little more accessible than his previous two for different reasons. Unlike the two of you, The Witch is actually my least favorite, but I. 100% 100% acknowledge I need to give it a rewatch um I think my viewing of it I felt very confused by the the uh, spoken words of the father specifically
2: and um, I also think it's the fact that you saw it at the crappy theater local yeah. town um, Yeah, because it definitely the audio, didn't help that, the audio in that specific auditorium that we saw it in was not good <laughs> it wasn't um and I, I also think the, the, the projection
1: wasn't the best. It wasn't blue, but it wasn't the, the best um, with, for a movie that's already pretty dark. Uh, you definitely, you know, I think watching it again is something I, I've been meaning to get to and it will happen soon. But um, I did like The Lighthouse. I, I like the weirdness that Eggers brings. And that is present here uh, in my second screening, which was a normal open to the public screening. Um, right. Uh, there's there's a couple of really weird type moments, and one of the weird moments uh, an older couple who earlier I had pegged as not going to like this movie got up and left. I'm like, that, that's right. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> um, because it isn't fully accessible. The story's easy to follow, I think, especially compared to, like, The Lighthouse, which is I don't know if you could even say there is a story, per se. Like, it is almost, Yeah. yeah um, here, it is a much more traditional plot, and not, that is not a criticism. I think it's what he was striving for. And it, it works. Um, there is an amazing action sequence. Uh, the first Viking raid that we get to witness. I love how it's shot. Uh, scars is this hulking behemoth that is so intimidating. And the, the figure he presents is incredible. Like I I've seen him in a lot of stuff and that dude's got range because playing mm-hmm. this, Viking action guy is insane to me when you watch something where he's doing a little more dramatic, uh, part. I mean, he's a big guy, but and I, I did skip Tarzan, which we, we, uh, talked about after our screening, but I actually, I, I, he, he might've looked similar in that film. I imagine. But like, for me, this was like, wow, this dude could be a mega action star. And I, I Anya Taylor joy just continues to impress. I think she is terrific. Nicole Kidman is, is I, I rarely have, not loved her and stuff. So Mm -hmm. not surprised here. Um, We don't get enough Ethan Hawke or Willem Dafoe, but what we get is great. Uh, They have some wild scenes together. Um, I I just think this is a really, really cool movie. I didn't run into the pacing issues that you described, um, but I definitely could see why someone might have issues with the pacing. I I felt everything was pretty deliberate and Mm -hmm. everything, uh, the slowdown felt like a moment where, I needed to breathe a little bit. I needed to kind of let things fair chill. Enough. There's a big thing has broke this week that, um, I, there's a, there's a fight at one point. we won't get into plot mechanics, but, uh, the characters, they're not wearing a lot of clothes anyways. Like it's Viking time. You know, a lot of the times yeah. they're just wearing like a tunic or whatever, but, uh, apparently there's like CG genitals, which I didn't notice either time watching. Oh. It, so I don't know, uh, like if there's other screenings where like there's more visible genitals because i didn't i didn't like i could tell they were naked but i didn't remember seeing like genitals maybe i'm just not staring at their crotches i don't know but um that's been all over like uh social media this week for some reason like people are just like oh they G genitals I'm like okay i
0: don't I guess. recall that either I'm, I'm trying to think now if there's any point in the theater that i thought huh but I don't I don't remember that. I haven't actually seen that on social media. Now I'm kind of compelled. The power of Christ compels me to now go and see if I can find what that's all about. But, yeah, the fights in this are, you know, the violence is shocking at times in this, in the sense yeah. that it's, it is uncompromising. And I don't think Robert Eggers knows any other way to be in terms of his directorial style. And, you know, I wouldn't have that any other way. But, yeah, the, if, if you're going into this film expecting something you know in a set in the viking times maybe which but kind of like your game of thrones you you know fine but you're going to get an awful lot of uh gore you're going to get an awful lot of blood uh maybe maybe some uh innards as well so just be be warned if you're not if you're you're squeamish at all i will be careful
2: normally at press screenings it's a it's a pretty quiet crowd because like we're all there to do our job you know and there were several moments in which there were collective like Gasps and groans from yes. the audience because and of laughs. The- yes, and I, and I think that's
1: one of the things he does a good job of inserting some dark humor uh, in a few different ways. There's a few different moments where, like the whole a room full of critics, who were sometimes critics don't laugh at things even if they're funny. Like they'll just like uh huh. Um, and there was a few moments where, like the room, like ha, you know, not not like. They're not big laughs, but everyone was like, oh, okay. It had the desired effect, and I, I like that, too, that this movie has that kind of balance of tones because um, it could just be dour and, and you know, dark the whole time. But there's, like, even there's a character I think you could make a strong argument as a comedic relief-type uh, bad guy, you know, like, given a, a facial deformity and some of the things that they do with him. Um, you know, and there's, a, man, there's, just, there's actually quite a few little, like, laugh moments that i really liked a lot about the movie um it also helped make skarsgard seem all the more powerful uh, again as a character i think he's just such a, a a force to be
0: reckoned with you should come to a press screening in the united kingdom because they don't really laugh all that often to the, <laughs> to the point where i'm, I'm the, what, usually the one that has to stifle my laughter um so but no there wasn't really many much like there was one particular scene i think uh it's, most people on socials will know or there was one scene towards the beginning of the film where I think people in my theater were kind of laughing almost as if to say, uh, what, what's going on? This is really quite weird. I don't, not sure. They, I think they may have saw the tra- seen the trailers for this film and thought this is going to be a big bombastic epic. Like it's going to be gladiator esque. And what they got was a Robert Eggers film, which maybe hmm. wasn't what they expected. But yeah. again, I'm, I'm totally here for that. I wouldn't have that any other way. I'm really interested to see how, how this does, you know, going forward uh, because a lot of people are, praising it, the critics are loving it, uh, and the fans of Robert Eggers are digging it, so I'm interested to see the legs it's got. Not not necessarily box office, because I, I agree with Tuna. I mean, it, it, with Even a 60 million budget, you've got you to kind of wonder how yeah. much of that is it going to make back, but we know that box office doesn't always indicate success, but I'm not going to start looking forward to next year's Oscars, but I'd love it. I, I, I'd like to see this film kept in the back of people's minds, certainly for things like sound and costume, because I think it deserves it. And I know that's very early just say that kind of stuff, but I was blown away by some of the visual aspects here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So uh, before we move on then, uh, either of you guys, do you have any more uh, tidbits or any more uh, moments that you wanted to shout out or uh, anything you think the listeners are going to dig? I
1: I think I've covered it pretty well without getting in the spoilers,
2: so I'm good. Yeah, I think I've said everything I can say without spoiling it as well.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're very tightly wound there. Um, yeah, we'll be back in a few days' time with our spoiler review of The Northman, where uh, there'll be a few more uh, opinions being thrown about. But that is our thoughts on The Northman. We are, Robert Eggers is three for three in our eyes, and we are three for three on whether we actually like this film. Thankfully, we did. If you can go and see it, please do. But. Just beware if you are intolerant to a, a blood and violence, then you, you, that may be an issue for you going forward. But usually in our next segment, we would jump to chuffed headlines and talk about some pop culture headlines. But like JB said up top, we are shaking it up this week with the film Filmcast Summer Movie Wager, which I'm quite excited to be getting into. Uh, John, you, uh, you floated this idea to us. <clears throat> Care to yep. explain for everyone listening what it what? is we're going to be doing?
1: I, I've been a listener of the Slash Filmcast, which is now just called The Filmcast, for uh, several years now. Um, I, I, it's probably almost 10 years that I've been listening to that podcast. It was one of the first podcasts I found, um, and they've done uh, the Summer Movie Wager for years, and it actually started on uh, another podcast that Jeff Canada, one of the hosts of the Filmcast, used to do. Um, and uh, so the idea is, through the summer box office period, which this year, it's going to be May 5th through September 5th. Um, the movies are picked uh, and they make their box office. And this is an important detail guys. So the, like a movie that comes out in late August, while it's qualifies as a summer, it only has a couple of weeks to earn box office dollars to count towards the game. <laughs> so right. that's um, a, an important caveat because it, it might be a bigger movie and it might have legs that go into like October but those numbers won't matter for the game. The game ends on September 5th, and that's the final totals. That's um, tough. And we're not doing the game. We are borrowing... Uh, they have a website, which we're going to shout out here. It's the TheSummerMovieWager.com. Anyone's welcome to play along. Um, to it just, It's a way of tracking the score. You don't have to keep track of everything, which is one of the things I love about this, is that we don't have to do anything from here. We've picked our movies. <laughs> At the end of the summer, we will see who has the highest score. But... I'm assuming the listeners and maybe you guys don't know how the points are scored. Uh, so here's how it works. We've picked 10 movies and from 10 to one that we think will have the highest uh, domestic box offices in order. So number one being the highest summer domestic box office down to number 10, which Matt, just for clarity, domestic, meaning the U S here, because that's where this game is. Um, so it's not your domestic box office. Um, but Then we also have three dark horses. And these are movies that if they end up in the top 10 and one of our 10 doesn't, we will get some points for it. Here's how the point breakdown works. If your number one pick or your number 10 pick or both is correct, you get 13 points. So if you get spot on for number one, spot on for number 10, 13 points. If you're spot on for two through nine, you get 10 points for it. But you don't only get points for them being spot on. So if your movie is off by one spot, so say you pick number, uh, your number two movie actually ends up being number three, you'll get seven points. And that's true for all of them. So if you're off by one, you get seven points for it. If you're off by two, you get five points for it. If your movie in the top ten is in the top ten but not in those other criteria, you get three points. If it's outside the top ten, you get no points for it. If one of your dark horses ends up in the top 10, you get one point. If none of that made sense to you, it's okay. Cause we don't have to do anything here. It's going to do all the calculations for us. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. But the rules are here. I will, this will be in the show notes listener. So if you want to go and look at how it's scored, that's all going to be right there. These are not my rules. These are the official rules of the summer box, uh, the summer movie wager from the film cast. Um, and again, you can find that on the which again, will be linked in the show notes. But this is more of like just explanation, but the rule that would give you the most points is the rule that applies to the movie. So uh, you're number one. It doesn't like stack. You won't get three points because it's in the top 10 and it's number one where you picked it. So you get 13 points like you'll get 13 points. Got which, you. Again, we don't have to worry about that part of it, but we've already picked our movie. So what we're going to do now is, is go through our 10 to one and then our dark horses. And then we'll talk about uh some of our decision making. We won't get into every single breakdown of it, but um listener, if you don't know what's coming out this summer, this is also a nice little backdoor way of what to look forward to because there is not a lot coming out this summer like in the years past pre-covid, a weekend might have three or four movies dropping. For the most part this summer, it's it's pretty these small pickings. It's like yeah. one one movie a week and there's even there's a weekend in June where there's like nothing.
2: Yes, so there, I, isn't it? We we spoke about this. There is one big weekend that has two large movies.
1: Yeah, it, it's it is the saddest
0: summer, especially considering things were delayed. Still, Whoa, uh, I can recall year, wasn't it? If so much was getting pushed back into twenty twenty two and beyond because of the effects of the the pandemic, this really surprised me at how. I don't want to say, yeah, slim pickings or, or, or the fact that we, yeah, one release a week. Hey, which is great for those who can maybe only get to one film a week, but in like recent years, I'm, we're so used to well, almost throughout the year, but certainly in these peak periods, having, you know, the, 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 the agony of choice of at least two films, if not three coming out within the same week. But, uh, maybe, maybe this will make for greater for higher box office results for certain films. Maybe. Mm hmm. Well, so, uh, John, well, John, you, you gave those rules out perfectly. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I'm quite glad I didn't have to try. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're going to run through our 10 through 1, and then afterwards we'll give our three dark horses. So um, it would only be right to uh, hand the reins over to our guest, Big Tuna. From 10 through 1, what are you going for for the summer movie yeah. wager? So for number 10,
2: I have a very important sequel. One of my most anticipated sequels of the summer, Downton Abbey, a new era. For number nine is DC League of Super Pets. For number eight will be Elvis. Number seven will be Nope. Number six will be Minions The Rise of Gru. Number five will be Lightyear. Number four will be Top Gun Maverick. Number three will be Thor Love and Thunder. Number two will be Jurassic World Dominion. And number one will be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
0: Okay. Fantastic. John. Let's hear it. Okay, um,
1: so my number ten, I went DC League of Super Pets. Uh, nine, this one is kind of out of my own love and hope, but Bullet Train. Um, I, I just, I'm going to tell everyone in the world about this movie and hope people go see it. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Elvis. Uh, seven, Top Gun Maverick. So big difference right there. Uh, six, Nope. Five, Minions: The Rise of Gru because those little yellow pills people just keep popping. And uh, four, Lightyear Uh, because Pixar 3 Thor Love and Thunder 2 Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and then number 1 I'm going Jurassic World Dominion I am counting on the Lego sequel and the draw of the original 3 superstars being in this film that it's going to bring people like myself who grew up watching Jurassic Park in the theater and people who have grown up watching Jurassic World I think we're all going to collide and we'll all be at the theaters dropping our money uh, to see it um Fun fact, Jurassic Park is the movie I've seen most in the theater, which is only four times. But uh, everything everywhere all at once is threatening to, to tie that. But <laughs>
0: um, Man, I've got th- two 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 and a half weeks before I can go and see it.
1: Oh, man, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on that movie. Oh, but um, That's wait. my 10. Matt,
0: what about you, sir? A very interesting set of 10s there. Mine is at number 10, Downton Abbey, a new era representing the UK. And number nine is Nope. Number eight, Bullet Train. Number seven, Elvis. At six, Top Gun Maverick. Five, Lightyear. Four, Minions The Rise of Gru. Three, Oof. Thor Love and Thunder. Number two, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. And number one, Jurassic World Dominion. And I can't tell you guys how much I ummed and hard. About that one and two, because me too. I couldn't. I, I just thought, can can I count out the multiverse? D- judging by what we've heard of Doctor Strange, who knows what we might be getting along on top of what we already know what we're getting, which is very exciting. But it's what you said, JB. It's the the Lego sequel. If if they if word of mouth spreads and if the the OG come in, they 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 smash it out of the park and in whatever f- uh, way they're using the film is is a motive and uh, well done. I think this could do well. And the other, the other films have also done well as well. Never count out Marvel, never count out the minions. Top Gun Maverick. I'm, I I was actually talking to somebody at work about this earlier on that. It's going to have, it's going to have some uh, popularity because of people uh, of our age were who, who seen the film when we were younger and have some nostalgia or people older than us who are old enough to go to the theater and watch it and enjoy it. So it's going to have that, but is it going to be enough to draw in the younger crowd? So, um, Any hot takes there, Tuna? You're always full of hot takes, my friend. What have you got?
2: Um, I do think that one and two are going to be close between Doctor Strange and Jurassic World. But my insistence that Doctor Strange is going to be bigger um, comes from two main reasons. Number one is that I don't think Jurassic World Dominion is going to do as well as the two of you think it will. And the reason why is the same reason why um, Rise of Skywalker didn't do as well as people thought it was. It was the lowest performing of the sequel trilogy because the second one, which was The Last Jedi, took it and took the series in a very different direction that was very Mm. divisive. And I think that Fallen Kingdom did the same thing. There were a lot of people who really liked Fallen Kingdom and there were a lot of people who really hated Fallen Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the same thing that's going to happen with Dominion. And so I think that that is going to end up lower. And if I'm correct, uh, Fallen Kingdom made something like $415, $420 million at the box office. And I ultimately see Doctor Strange outperforming that because I don't think that Jurassic World is going to hit that $400 million mark quite. Like I think it'll just miss it. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't think that Jurassic World is going to be able to reach that level. On the other hand, I think that Doctor Strange is going to perform super well. I don't know if it's going to do No um, No Way Home levels, but I think it's going to perform yeah. significantly better than most Marvel movies. And the reason yeah. why is because you have that popularity of WandaVision coming in. Everybody mm-hmm. and their brother watched WandaVision because it was on Disney Plus for $7.99 a month that everybody subscribes to. Even I did. Right. And so that, <laughs> that is going to lead to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness overperforming expectations, I think. I think that that is going to be your clear number one. I think there might be like a twenty million difference between that and Jurassic World Dominion, but um, I think that Doctor Strange has the edge.
0: Well, let's not forget the bounce off of No Way Home as well. I mean, there's a there's a good feeling factor about uh, in the Marvel universe anyway within the fandom no way homemade pretty good use of the multiverse and of course dr strange is about to blow it open but um john what are you saying then what have you got on your list which you think is a surprise or you want to make note of i th- i think i was the only one that had bullet train in the 10 no that- I got it at number eight.
2: Um, oh, okay eight. oh sorry go oh.
1: ahead no no um so that that's i, I one i i like that our lists are different though because it, a lot of the movie again we only had so many movies to pull from. Um, I think there was like maybe 15 total that we could really like logistically put in there. I mean, there's a few other movies coming out that like, they're not going to be big movies. Like yeah. the one weekend I think is IFC's the watcher. I think like that's not going to be a box office contender. Probably I could be completely wrong in eating my words later, but, <laughs> um, but my concern with the one, two thing is similar. I, I, I watched no way home, uh, destroy the box office because of a lot of the multiverse stuff. And obviously a lot of Marvel fans are really excited about this. Um, Doctor Strange did well. And he's I think he's only grown in popularity as a character since mm-hmm. his movie debuted between Infinity War and Endgame. And then uh, he's been heavy on the series even. Um, even though he has not had his own series, Doctor Strange has been this kind of looming figure, and then uh, he showed up in Spider-Man and people seem to really pop with that. So I definitely think there's a room for it to be the, the a big, huge, gigantic movie, and it has the, the biggest room for legs, because it starts off the summer season, where it's the first summer movie, if it does well, and there's there's a lot of room for this movie to just be out the entire summer. Like, it might be in August still, hitting theaters, you, you know? Um, so it, it has a lot of room to to do that, and so I definitely think it's, it's, uh, it's a risk not putting it at number one, I think, but I'm, I'm hoping, one, I'm hoping you're wrong about the Rise of Skywalker <laughs> comparison, m- mostly because I hate Rise of Skywalker. I have been <laughs> actually local, local about how much I hate that movie, and to me the biggest problem was it was a studio course correction of what happened to Last Jedi. I'm hoping that they are not going to, like, force this movie in. Like, I hope that you know uh I mean, the lawyer this, doesn't show back up somehow like oh i was a clone i was in the toilet the whole time nobody <laughs> yeah. this not-
2: looks like mission impossible with dinosaurs like Dude, it does not look very good to me at all i, I like don't mission think mouth is gonna be there i know it's it's a it's a
1: you know i hope it's better than it than the vibes um I I like, and that's the other thing too. Right now, which is the big curveball, is Mm -hmm. is Chris Pratt's popularity has has dwindled. Um, Like people are are very quick to like hate on him. So I don't know if there is going to be a draw for him anymore. And uh, they just announced. I saw that the Nintendo Mario movie got delayed uh, a whole year. I didn't hear that. I don't know if that has anything to do with Chris Pratt, but it. it, um, I just saw it not long ago, but. I don't have a lot of other hot takes. I think Top Gun Maverick could be a weird, like, I don't see them pushing it again, especially this late, but who knows, right? Like that movie has been pushed back almost as much as Morbius. We did finally <laughs> see Morbius. It was disappointing. Uh, like in Top Gun has been done. There's obviously a lot of nostalgia there. Um, I think the trailers look good for Top Gun. So I actually think it will do well, but you know, I, I, who knows? Um, and my, my, the one that I want to do really well, I'm so hyped for Elvis. I am not an Elvis fan. Like, I don't, what? like, I know who he is, but, uh, the, the Boz Lerman, uh, draw to me, I'm just like, yep, I'm in. I want to watch it
2: so yeah. bad. Let's, I love Boz Lerman, but this movie looks bad. <laughs> it <laughs> does Man. not look good to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so hyped for it. Um,
1: I, I'm not so. The, the one thing that's not selling, I don't buy Tom Hanks in the role that he's playing. And that's no offense to Tom Hanks. It's just like so counter type. Um, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I'm still I'm still hyped for it. But Matt, what about you? Is there any uh, hot takes you have? <sighs>
0: um, no, not really. Um, I think Minions, the Rise of Gru will continue that franchise's knack of uh, making big bucks because it, it's a film for the kids like you said clearly but it's also not not just for the kids adults can go and watch it can go and enjoy it teenagers can go and enjoy it and maybe not tell their friends um but it's you know it's a sort of film which i'll take my kids to uh rather ahead of something like um a light year or something because i think i'll probably get more joy yeah, out of no, the minions, minions to... of rise of grew though I'm not entirely excited about it myself. A uh, bullet train. I re- I'd like to see that do well. Simply so Joey King can actually have a hit on her hands finally. Mm. Oh, Mel, well, because we mentioned jo- we love Joey King on this show, but damn, we really wish she'd get a new agent. Maybe she has done because the, the trailer, the footage looks good for this, and the cast around her is very good. I know she's not necessarily the lead, but you know she's up there with Brad Pitt. I'm excited by Bullet Train. Um, uh, what are you going to say there, Tuna? I think it looks fantastic. Um, I'm really yeah. excited for it.
2: I'd say it's one of my most anticipated of the summer. But, but. I remember what happened with Atomic Blonde. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic film. Like it was fantastic. Had very similar pitch, you know, from um, minds behind successful action movie that made a lot of money, and then it just kind of fell off. Um, even though it was a fantastic film, great action. I would put it up there with like best action movies of the last decade. And it just bombed at the box office. And I don't think it'll be that much of a bomb, but I don't think it's going to be a huge success either. Um, I will say the star power here is bigger because you still have yeah. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt yeah. And Sandra Bullock brought lost city to a relative financial success, especially. Yeah. Like yeah. A- They're not marketing her though. That's the right now, at I'm least sure. it's- um, and then the other factor is you have bad Bunny in it, who is like one of the biggest global music superstars right now. Yes. Who just um, signed on to do a new Spider-Man spinoff. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so like you've got the star power there between those three people that are humongous. You're going to have people coming out for that. I guarantee you that there's going to be a lot of people coming out to see bullet train just because it is the bad bunny movie. Not because of anything else. Yeah. 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 You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, it all helps.
2: Yeah. And do I think that that's going to be enough to push it over Downton Abbey? Not quite. Um, I think that the demand for Downton Abbey is much stronger. Um, but I do think it, it will come close to a hundred million. If Mm -hmm. not slightly exceeded. Um, I don't think it's a lock for a hundred million though. And I think that Downton Abbey is close to a lock for a hundred million.
1: Let's, before we say anything else, we, we haven't done our dark horses. We should hear our Mm -hmm. dark horses. Uh, um, Tuna went first, so it's uh,
2: right. Or did I go? Yeah, yeah Tuna went Tuna. first. Tuna, what Tuna. are your three dark horses? Yeah, my three dark horses. A uh, Bullet Train, obviously, is my uh, number one dark horse. And then, in terms of two other dark horses, I would say the Bobs Burgers movie and the Black Phone. Um, I was really struggling for that third dark horse. I think the Black Phone is the only one of things we haven't mentioned that has a chance of doing really super well. Um, I mean, but I don't think it's going to do top 10 well either. Um, But yeah, those are my three dark horses, I would say.
0: Interesting. What about yourself, JB?
1: So I went uh, uh, making myself feel terrible already. Uh, The Downton Abbey, a new era. Um, Mm. uh, The Black Phone, which I really want to be great. I don't think it's going to be a box office contender, really, but who knows? uh, Sometimes a horror movie will surprise us. And then the Bob's Burger movie, I, you know, um, I, I've seen several episodes of Bob's Burgers. I would say I like it. I just, I'm not like a fan where I've watched it a lot, but it does seem to have a fandom. It gets memed a lot. Um, so there's a chance the movie will draw people in. I mean, we've had this before. Beavis and Butthead did pretty well back in the day. Uh, the yeah. Simpsons movie did pretty well. If I remember correctly, the mm-hmm. South Park movie
2: Fantastic. was tremendous. South Park. Um, well, I think Simpsons did more than South Park, I think but it's a South Park is better um the, <laughs> movie. Is like uh, the, the
1: Simpsons movie I I <laughs> that was where I was like okay I have seen all the Simpsons
2: and they're like no we're gonna keep making shows I'm like nope I have seen all the Simpsons <laughs> I mean that's um, fair but the Simpsons movie is like the best satire of this century I would say but yeah no Simpsons movie made 182 million um South Park made 52 million the oh, wow. um, which Years apart, too, though inflation that, that is now. years apart, and I also the think a, a big factor of um, Bob's Burgers' potential success that we are underestimating, and it's the same factor that brings down Nabby up, is that Bob's Burgers and Down Nabby are free to watch to anyone on television. Yes, yeah, so good job. They, they have brought like as long as you have a digital antenna. You can watch Bob's Burgers and Downton Abbey. Or you could when uh, Downton Abbey was on the air. So those shows got a lot of fandom because you did not have to subscribe to cable to watch them. South Something like South Park was on a yeah. Comedy Central, wasn't it, when it initially yeah. Com-
1: Still, Still. Uh, well, now it's, it is on other stuff. But yeah, it was on Comedy Central. And it's also hard R. like It is a very, very R-rated film. And
2: so that is something... I mean, even beyond the rating, like it is pay cable versus *Down yeah. and Bob's Burgers are free.
0: Readily so available.
2: I think that accessibility of those shows will go a long way in their box office success. I don't think many people realize the 1st *Down movie made a hundred billion dollars. That did at well. The box office. And it caught everybody off guard. Everybody's like, whoa, this is focus features. Who's not usually a very big distributor putting out a movie that was on based on a PBS show. Like how is this so successful? And I think that the demand for the second Down Abbey is going to be even more. I think it'll, I think it'll be able to exceed that because people want to see more of it because the last Down Abbey movie was very well received by critics and fans. So I think that that um, Down Abbey, a new era will be doing really well. I gotta say, in the trailer for Downton Abbey. I'm already not
1: interested in Downton Abbey. The whole premise <laughs> of it isn't compelling to me. Um, but in this particular trailer, like they're dissing movies, and like I'm like, uh, you're pushing me even further away because there's a part where she's like, because um, I guess it's set at the time when talkies are starting, and she's like, um, I, th- I prefer not to see them either or something like that. I was like, all right, hold up, don't don't diss movies for a movie like. Uh, Okay. I'm
2: out. Uh. Well, I was actually discussing this with somebody the other day, but it is extremely difficult to describe the appeal of Downton Abbey to somebody who does not watch Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah. Because when you're describing it, it sounds like something that should be terrible or even like watchable in a trashy, terrible way. But it's not. Like, it is genuinely fun to watch and genuinely good. Like, it has some of the smartest dialogue of any show I've seen on television ever. Um, which i mean is saying a lot. So i mean i'm not disputing that it's got a family.
1: No. I know it does. I'm disputing i have zero interest in it and i'm like i am we are going to be doing an episode on it. Not hyped for it. I don't know if i'm going to watch the first movie, definitely not watching the show, but who knows? Maybe <laughs> after i see it i will be uh, sipping tea with my pinky up and wearing, you know, uh an ascot and other dapper attire because that's all i've got i have got nothing else um i wear t-shirts and jeans folks and wear a carvats
0: my... and join me in drinking tea john whilst we watch yes. Downton abbey together i have seen the first film and it's fine uh but i mean yeah, but Downton abbey boasts a fabulous similar to obviously the the first wizarding world iteration of film to potter films it's a superb array of you know british and irish talent throughout mm-hmm. um so there's that's something to be proud of i i'm not a huge one Downton abbey but as john will attest I, I'm also not huge on streaming series because I I'm so far behind on so yeah. many of them. So I probably would enjoy Downton Abbey if I actually gave it the time. But at the same time, I still got to watch a few things that John keeps telling me so to, to watch.
1: Wrap up the summer movie wager section of this episode um, at the end of the summer in September, September fifth, we will know who the winner is, who is left standing. Is it is it me, Berkman? Is it Matt? over there in the UK showing us up by picking the U S box office, Come on! or is it going to be the fish himself, big tuna flapping nope. around out of water, uh, you know, holding up his trophy yet again. We haven't played this game before, but he has beaten us. Uh, he's beaten me every time I've played against him in any game uh, of, of movie related content. <laughs> um, but he, he tied Matt for one year for an Oscar thing, uh, over at, I think that was all done from uh, movie club. Yeah. Um, but uh, th- this is a wager, and so whoever wins um, will be picking a movie for us to do an episode on that the other people have to watch. Um, we were not going to say what movie now. We have several months to decide. We can be kind. We can be cruel. It's up to us uh, how we approach it. To a media Halloween. It will not be uh-uh. that again. Um, yeah. Now, uh, <sighs> the last thing we have to do, though, is we have already picked a tiebreaker. Now there's a good chance based on our list being so different that it won't be a tiebreaker, but because we get points for movies in the top 10, whatever, you know, there's all sorts of different things that can play out. So just in case there is a tie because we have Matt and uh, Tuna have tied previously in the Oscar game. So I don't want to take any chances. We have selected a number and the person who is closest to the actual highest grossing summer box office, regardless of what movie it is. And this is also from the film cast, I'm uh, borrowing their whole thing. Uh, will win the tiebreaker. Now, I already feel very, very bad about my pick, but I'm not going to change it because I said we're not going to change it. So, um, Sean, what what number did you, do you think the highest-grossing film of 2022's summer movies will be?
2: $425.
1: Boom. Uh, $425. No, okay. $425 million. <laughs> Oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, dang, I was kind of low-body there. Uh, all right. Um, I went... 350 million and
0: one and one folks <laughs> oh man come on Just, this is, i this figured in case someone one. also
1: with it but now i'm very worried because like you already said like that the one movie made 400 and i'm like crap um but i'm hoping that the covid numbers in general have been down with a few exceptions right there's been a few movies have proven that people will go to the theater but maybe this summer will not prove that then again maybe everyone's ready to get back in the movies and this will be the first like normal box office we've had really I'll since so who knows uh yeah. matt or yeah. good oh sorry let's uh, get matt's number that you can yeah.
0: i also remember i haven't actually given my three dark horses because i was so excited about oh. talking about downs and i didn't mine are out. mine are the black phone hoping we get some ethan hawk buzz going here dc league of super pets and the bob's burgers movie i'm Banking on you Americans going out to watch the Bob's Burgers movie, I I've seen it. it. Is you know not the movie the, the show. Uh, it's okay, and nothing against it. It's pretty good. But I like John. I've heard people online talking about it or memeing it. So the show. So I think you know it's got it's got a fan base. I'm hoping that can push it through. But if those if they don't propel me to victory, my number then is four hundred ten million. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's so why I close. kind of inhaled when when uh, when Big Tuna said four twenty five was it four twenty five? Yeah, yeah. I so like, oh, I, I low Um, so three
1: hundred fifty. Uh, oof. So I, I need the mo- I need people not to go to the movies this summer. Apparently, <laughs> um,
2: I need them to yeah. kind of go, but not too much, please. Person- personally, I think that there are going to be three movies that are three hundred million plus movies, and then everything else is going to fall below two hundred million. Yeah, I, agree I can with that. see that. Yeah, I think your top three are your top three, and then everything else is going to fall like 200 or below. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be a gap of at least a hundred million dollars between three and four, I think. Unless if like minions widely o- wildly overperforms, yep. nothing's going to make between um, 200 and 300 million. Yeah, There's
0: nothing else in those lists other than uh, Jurassic World, Doctor Strange, Thor 4, and Minions. I don't think we're just going to make serious money and Minions will be at the lower end of that. Lightyear, I think it's going to do well, but I I don't think it's going to be a crushing hit. Uh, Top Gun, similarly, I think it will do very respectively. I have
2: have Top Gun, Lightyear, and Minions all in that 150, 175 range. Somewhere in there where the the three of those could like switch up but i i think that top gun is going to start lower and then leg it out really well versus i think light year and minions are going to start like front heavy and then yeah. drop off with legs um yeah. and so i think that's where we're going to get all of those are going to come in somewhere between 150 and 175
0: i can see that happening uh and if it does hopefully it falls in my favor so i can drop you guys a fill. and and with the and on john's point the winner Uh, from the UK will choose a film, whoever that may be, and we will come back on the show and we will talk about that film, whether it's a a kind film or an awful film. We will come on and we will discuss our experience watching that film. So you get to share in our victory, misery, defeat or celebration.
1: And realistically, it, it will probably be a September episode because this, the month of September is usually kind of not yeah. a good theatrical experience. So there might not be a movie for us to review one week or that's <laughs> yeah. worth reviewing. And so we could do uh, that episode right then. So it's, it's very likely going to be a quick turnaround. Um, everyone will be on, although the person who wins doesn't have to watch the movie unless they want to do it out of solidarity. Um, or again, you maybe you're picking something they like Halloween again. When I make you watch <laughs> Media Halloween, I, I don't blame you. It is terrible. It was a terrible no,
0: movie. Please don't make me watch it. So, but no, yeah, you'll all be able to hear our thoughts on whatever the film is and whoever wins uh, the film cast Summer Wager. So, looking forward to uh checking out the scores across the summer. So now let's move on to our final, well, one of our final segments. Anyway, we do have one more at the very, very end. But this is media consumption. And here we talk about the movies, TV series, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, comic books, whatever it might be that we've used to pass the time since the last episode. Uh, Tuna, I, I've made the um, hilarious gag on the show before that you watch, um, yeah, seven, six, seven, eight thousand films a week. <laughs> um, so and you, and in your your brain is a repository for for films. So I guess so we can ask, what would you recommend our listeners? From something you've watched recently, whether it's new or old, a couple of things, suck a few things out that you think they'd enjoy.
2: Yeah. So recently I caught a movie on the festival circuit called Everything Went Fine. Um, it is a French film by the director Francois Ozone, um, who is one of my favorite filmmakers. i really loved this one. It's a fantastic film about um, like assisted suicide um mm-hmm. like like that type of like euthanasia debate um it's fantastic very tender film um i highly recommend that it should come out in the u.s in a few months um i'm not sure about the uk um with regards to that one yeah um i surprisingly enjoyed fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore even though i despise harry potter um <laughs> i actually liked this movie um which shocked me but I had fun watching a movie that made absolutely no sense, but was enjoyable. Um, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is out in the U.S. right now. And I think that's one of the best studio comedies um, that has come out in the past few years. I would put that alongside like Blockers and the Jump Street movies and Friends with Benefits. Um, on wow. in terms of the best studio comedies. And, um, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention everything everywhere all at once. Still out in the U.S. um, It is doing another push to premium large format theaters this weekend. So I got the chance to see it in IMAX at the press screening. Now everyone can see it in IMAX um, or Dolby. They're pushing it to both of them in the U.S. this weekend because uh, there's not anything new coming out this weekend except for the Martin Campbell film Memory, which I'm actually excited to see. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes that um go see everything everywhere all at once if you've not seen it yet and then matt i believe you said it comes out in the uk in two weeks on the
0: 13th of may and john has told me ad nauseum how good this film is he's seen it so many times i've seen i've seen people online say how good it is and a few people also say it's an all-timer for them the best part about it is not that i not that i seek out spoilers because i like these i like to be unsullied when i watch a film I don't really know anything about this film. So I cannot wait to go in with the knowledge that um, my trusted uh, buddies over there have been telling me how good it is. Other than that, I'm going in blind and uh, naked if I could be so bold to say. So I can't wait to see that. I mean, the cast itself, the story that I know of sounds great. Yeah. I just need to hurry up.
2: It is truly fantastic. And I wasn't even a fan of the director's last films. Um, I did not like, the death of dick long at all and i wasn't crazy about swiss army man um so the fact that i do think that this is fantastic says a lot um because like, i wasn't i went in with very low expectations and i adored this
0: okay well it can't come soon enough two and a half weeks if tuna's saying is that good then take it to the bank burke and big tuna are praising this film i want in uh john then what have you been checking out you've always got a smorgasbord of uh, fun
1: yeah, too many things uh, this week. I've been watching quite a bit. Um, prepping for the 1966 Astrology episode, so I've been hitting a lot of those. Uh, the Russians yes. are coming. The Russians are coming. I did not repeat myself on accident. That is the actual title of the movie. Um, I watched Hawaii. Uh, both of those are almost three hours long, and... Um, you had a good okay. time with the Uh latter. Russians, I don't know, maybe that one wasn't three hours long. I don't know, both I had to watch with commercials, especially Hawaii. You cannot get it digitally. <laughs> it just happens to be on 2B TV. It's the only way I could watch it. Um, so the commercials only made it longer. Um, uh, f- for the movie club, I, I'm, I'm watching The 400 Blows again. Uh, I've seen it once before, but this is my second time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a classic, uh, it's it's an important film in film history. I did learn that it is part of a five movie series that follows the same character, which I had no idea. Um, And at one point it was on the Criterion collection where you could buy like a box set, but the box set's out of print. Um, So now I'm like irritated because I want to see the other movies because that's how my brain works. Uh, I watched The Quick and the Dead uh, because Blank Check is covering Sam Raimi's films. I'd actually seen it before. I love that movie. I think it's a really fun Western and the, the, Gene Hackman villain in that is just tremendous. Um, really? uh, I, I taught for the first time uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's one of the oh, newest cool. films I've taught, um, and I was shocked because usually I don't teach new movies, especially Netflix movies, because my students have usually seen them. Uh, no, none of my class had seen it. Wow! Uh, and I was baffled. I was like, "Are you, we were in a pandemic? What were you watching? Like well, this is that was the time to see it." Um, but, uh, I only got to see the first 30 minutes with them last week. Um, they were finishing it today. I had today off because I had a dental appointment. So I You're. came home and I finished the movie as well. Um, and man, that movie just is so great. I, I really, I loved it the first time, but it was so early in the year last year that I didn't remember all of the, the elements of it. And then finishing it today, like it hit a lot of the emotional nerves that I love. And it's tremendous. Um, I'm not going to say much, but I also saw the unbearable weight of massive talent. We will be covering that on the podcast next week. Yes. Um, so I'll hold my thoughts, but I did like it. Um, and then I caught the bad guys, uh, the new animated film um, mm-hmm. that Sean didn't like. I, I like, uh, <laughs> I didn't love, um, I did love the voice cast because there are actors who I really adore, especially Sam Rockwell, such a Sam Rockwell fan. Um, I thought Mark Marin was great as the snake. Uh, I'm always a fan of Richard Ayoade, uh, even though, um, To me, his presence in the film was a, like, films that are similar to this that he's been in, he's played a similar role. And so I kind of anticipated something happening, and it did. Doesn't mean that was why, but that was what made me think that. But uh, I think that covers everything. I have been, um, quick shout out to a TV series uh, called Letter Kenny. Um, It is a Canadian, uh, basically live action King of the Hill. That was how it was originally pitched to me. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Um, it's not originally on Hulu. It's not a Hulu original, but it is on Hulu and uh, there it's real short seasons. I think it's like six to seven episodes a season. They're like 22 minute episodes. It's just fun. Um, it's a lot of stupid humor, but it's, it's really, really funny. It's Canadian comedy, but I love it. And there's actually a, a off series about to drop in May on Hulu um, called shore that follows one of the uh, characters that has happened uh, periodically throughout the series. So I'm actually kind of hyped about checking that out too. Um, but recommending Letterkenny if you haven't seen
0: it, uh, Matt. What have you been consuming? Um, uh, I've, I think you mentioned Letterkenny on the show before, and I, it sounded quite interesting. Yeah, it sounded quite co- pretty cool. Um, I uh, I've now caught up with, with with you guys. I've watched episode four of Moon Knight on Disney Plus over here, and uh, yeah, I'd seen a few people talking about a hippo and things like that. Again, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I was like, what are they on about? And then I saw the episode. And I was like, wow, okay, let's try and deconstruct where this is going. I like Moon Knight, um, also for more for Tuna's sake. I, I, I've i still yet to watch Loki and if and Hawkeye, but I immediately was drawn into Moon Knight because of the idea of Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke together and a few other um, caveats to that as well. So I'm, I'm glad I have, and I'm enjoying Moon Knight an awful lot. I think it's very interesting. And f- out of the Marvel series I've seen, for me, it's the best, it's the, best, it's the most enjoyable one, but I do Ooh. understand why people are watching it thinking... Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. It's, I but think he has seen most of them. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I, I still need to watch yeah, the I, other I ones. Mean, that's fair. I just think, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in in the future hearing why you think that that is the best one. I um, I don't think I, it's the worst one, but
0: um, I think it is middle of the line. Well, I need to watch Loki, and the go- people I've been speaking to have said L- Loki. They said M Loki is number one. Um, what if for people, a lot of people enjoyed Hawkeye. So Loki I spoken to a few people who love Hawkeye and others who think it's fine. Loki is my number one. Um, I mm-hmm. will say. Interesting. Well, I will watch that, that. Well, that in chronologically from what I need to catch up on, that would be next. I've seen wonder. I've well, seen
2: Falcon. I, I will say that you do need to watch Loki before Dr. Strange before Dr. Strange, I believe. Yes.
1: I actually think what if is more significant to what, what we've seen in the trailer, at least. I think yes, there's a I lot mean, of... I
2: do, I've only seen like half of what if, and I need to finish what if. But I, I think that there is a specific thing in Loki that I don't want to talk about with somebody who hasn't seen it on here. I think there is a specific mm-hmm. thing in Loki that may have impact on Doctor Strange. I actually would, yeah.
0: That's what I love about what the MCU series are doing is they are tying in to the to the films in such a way where they are t- almost as relevant as the films. And I, as a connectivity Gaza law guy, I'm all for that. So uh, Moon Knight, I'm enjoying that uh, as of yet. We have still got two more episodes to go. It may fall apart by the end. But um, in terms of films, then uh, I would I would have loved to have said the unbearable weight of massive talent. I had tickets to go and see it the unlim- via the unlimited card last Friday. Uh, I could I couldn't see it last Friday before. Um, oh, circumstances, nothing wrong so I went and then I had tickets to see it on Sunday I, I rearranged them but then by the time I got back from dropping my daughter home I was it's, it's late, I've got about I've got a, by the time I got home I would have had to be at the theatre within 10 minutes, a 25 minute drive I could have made it, I didn't want to get there tired and potentially ruin the experience so I am going to see it uh, as of recording tomorrow I have a ticket booked, so there's nothing stopping me I'm going to watch it tomorrow, very excited to watch that and talk about it next week um, I also watched The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. Uh, I've watched that this week in, adv- in anticipation of the 1966 movie astrology, which is shaping up to be a very interesting discussion in you know, in both sides of the uh, scales there. I'm look- really looking forward to talking about that. And uh, on top of that, I watched Harper as well from that same year. And for those who follow me online, you would have seen that I posted a very staged disclaimer, very staged picture of my... <laughs> five-year-old daughter watching the power of Christ compels you scene in the exorcist mm-hmm. The scene was paused. She wasn't watching it. I told her that they were performing magic. Um, so uh, when she went to bed, I was like, Do you know what? The greatest film of all time, bar none. I'm going to wait till she goes to bed and I'm going to watch this again. It's my, uh, as John knows, I, I can watch it as and when It's a couple. I used to watch it before work, just, you know, get me in the mood to go to work. <laughs> I love it. So I watched the exorcist, um, but I didn't get a, sm- a chance to watch as much as I wanted to. Because uh, the week weekend was busier than I anticipated, uh, I was hoping to catch a few more uh, of the sixty six films, plus also some of the films which I have need to catch up on from this year. But uh, the rest of the week is looking plain sailing. So next week's media consumption will be a lot uh, a lot meatier going uh, going forward. So, but um, you know what I watched this week was pretty good i won't go too much into oh, yeah. astrology films because that's the lure of the show we'll, we'll dangle that carrot in front of you to go and check out that yep. episode when it comes out so that is uh, what we've been checking out and some recommendations there from big tuna now the show's called the bloody awesome movie podcast and we think it's bloody awesome we certainly hope you do too but in order to maintain those levels we have to stay bloody awesome each week so john how have you been staying bloody awesome this week
1: well i got crowned Uh, in in that sense i mean i went to the dentist uh and i finally completed what has been a grueling month-long process i started i think uh may march 25th i had the first part of a root canal a couple weeks later i had the second part and a temporary crown put in and today i got to go in and have uh the temporary crown removed and a permanent tooth put in um and today was the least painful of all of them and it is weird how uh comfortable this crown is like the temporary felt weird like i felt like there was an intruder in my mouth this one feels like it's always been there uh right away because it is molded like to fit exactly and um i've this is my first crown it's my first root canal um so it's been an experience but uh it feels like i have teeth again so it's it's nice um you know, it's a good feeling when you bite into something knowing like, hey, you know, you don't have to be as cautious as you have been recently. But um, the dentist, man, uh, people take care of your teeth. I, I was afraid of the dentist as an adult because I did not get to go as a child. We did not have the means. And um, I suffered for a good part of my 20s with teeth pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I finally uh, got the courage to go to the dentist several years ago, I had to have nine extractions done including four wisdom teeth
0: uh, all
1: four wisdom teeth uh so the first experience was not a pleasant one but i am i'm hopeful uh i was on track to like take care of my teeth and then covid happened so i didn't go to the dentist for two years Mm -hmm. um like the first year you really couldn't and then the second year i was still like trying to be like do i really need to i don't have any current pain um but now you know here in florida especially covid is quote-unquote not not here anymore not true but you know that's how everything is open um, so i did go yeah. to the dentist and uh you know i've
0: already used my insurance for the year but hey take care of your teeth that's the lesson as long as you're feeling good about yourself jb that's the main thing and yeah, so, yeah the, the bank balance may take a hit but it's worth it in the long run um, yeah bloody awesome i've been staying bloody awesome this week by party planning uh, but it's not for me I've been planning my little one's birthday party, which is occurring. The actual party is over in about a week or ten days' time. Her uh, birthday's uh, the week after that, but it's really fun to uh, to to, to uh, get a kid's birthday party up and running, sorted out. It, it make, makes me feel like a bit of a kid doing it, getting the entertainer sorted out. What food? What, what food are we going to have? What decorations are going to be up? You know, how many balloons can I get? What's the cake going to look like? Uh, and then, obviously, having. Olivia join in with that as well and seeing how excited she gets about it. And, uh, the fact that I know that the entertainer is going to make the, going to make me dance because I always pull the dad up to dance in front <laughs> of everyone. But jokes on them because I've been working on the Toby Maguire, Spider-Man three dance. So when they oh, ask man. me to dance, I'm going to whip that dance out and I'm going to knock them dead or I'll be arrested. But either way, I have been party planning and it's made me feel very good. It's been a busy old week, busy week. Um, back at work as well. Uh so that's made me feel good. And Tuna, can you think of anything any t- recently? I mean I could think of one pretty big thing recently which you've done. That's bloody awesome.
2: Yeah. Um I earlier today just interviewed Rosa Salazar um for the Amazon private TV show Undone. Fantastic show um and a really great conversation. Um, For all of our Alita fans in the audience, there's some Alita talk in there. So, yeah, you'll definitely want to check that out on my website, Um, DisappointmentMedia.com. When it goes live, um, it should be live the same day that this podcast is out. So you should be able to check it out um, when you listen to this.
0: I cannot wait to hear that. And well, well done as well for, uh, for going in and crushing the interview by, by all intents. It sounds that like Rosa Salazar is a, is a fabulous interview and a very great and a very nice person as well. I'm excited to hear about the Elita talk. So I'll be checking that out and we will share it on, on the point with, uh, when it comes out, uh, Burke. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty bloody awesome. If you ask me a triumvirate of bloody awesome people. However, the sad part it news is, That's that for this week's episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast and our review of The Northman. Let us know what you thought about the film, uh, because next week we're going to be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent, and we know people are going to have thoughts on that. If you do want to let us know what you thought about The Northman or any film in general, we just want to talk to us. You can do. On Twitter, you can find us at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, where are we on Instagram?
1: We are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod.
0: Uh, we're on Facebook as well, Meta. And if you want to find me individually, you can do at whatIwatchtonight.co.uk and to search all of the socials, including Letterboxd, What I Watch Tonight. Uh, John, yourself? I am at
1: berkreviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. And Tuna, do you want to plug
2: your socials? Yeah, absolutely. Um I my website is disappointmentmedia.com, on um, my socials for Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd are at Big Tuna on Film, and then on YouTube is Disappointment Media, um where you can check out our new web series Buzzwords, where my co host and I subject ourselves to physical torture while reviewing a film.
0: And together yeah. they are part of the Critics Association of Central Florida. I certainly hope I'm right in saying that. Yes. Thank yep, God guys. for that. CACF. Uh, that's it. I, I, as soon as I said, it, I thought this doesn't sound right, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, uh-huh. but yeah. So um, that's uh, These two know their films. They do go check out all of their stuff. And uh, I think we both want to extend a big thank you to big tuna for giving up uh, part of his early evening over there to come on and talk with Northman and talk films of us.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation and i look forward to, you know, creaming both of you in the box office race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe maybe book, but I've, I've got something to say about that but yeah we'll be back again next week with the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, and big tune will be back again at some point toward in the fall the autumn to uh discuss the results of the summer movie wager however with that i'm going to tell you guys to stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies